Welcome to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. This is the show for the soul who is excited to welcome in more freedom, abundance, and quantum healing in their life. Hi, I'm Vaughn. My magic is in treating all aspects of this human existence, mind, body, and spirit, because it is all connected. In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of transformation so you can know, witness, and understand what's possible for you too when we play together in the cosmos. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. I am looking forward to this conversation we are going to have today with my beautiful new friend. Her name is Sierra Rubin, and um, we met on the Instagram as so many of these relationships grow through social media in that way. And I'm just so grateful. I know social media gets a lot of hate, but it also gets a lot of love because some of my most favorite relationships at this phase in my life have come through social media. So I'm so grateful to that. And I'm so grateful that you are here with us today, Sierra. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And I agree with you, right? Everything in spirit is inherently neutral, right? Social media is a tool. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And um, you, okay. So I believe it was Dana, um, you know, our lovely handy dandy Dana that gives us the monthly report. She connected us and she was like, I think y'all two should know each other. And so she was right, of course. And I just started following you and you are really, your real, speaking of Instagram and social media, your real game is so strong. I'm fascinated with how you show up daily on Instagram, sharing your passion, sharing your mission, your message, your voice, your beautiful, beautiful voice. And yeah, so I'm just really excited to talk about all things that you're passionate about, which I know are intuition, you know, teaching people how to tap into their own intuition and using your voice and in whether it's singing or in, you know, what you believe in. So tell us a little bit about you and all that you do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yes. So I, uh, I am Sierra Rubin. Like you said, I am a spiritual teacher. I'm a speaker. I'm a soon to be author and uh, I am a singer also. And that's really where the foundation was, where I started was as a singer, as a little girl. Um, and then into my teen years in high school and college, I have that musical theater background. I went to SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design for musical theater Um, And so that was sort of my, the voice was always a tool that I could use to, uh, and I didn't realize this at the time before I was into spirituality, but I could use it to calm my nervous system and use it to uh, express myself and to feel better and to help others feel better, right, when they were in that vibration. And that's what I loved so much about it. Um, and then when I dove into spirituality, which really quickly, because I know, uh, you know, a lot of your listeners in your community, they don't know me. Um, so in 2015, 
I was working as a director of operations for a chamber of commerce, very skirt suits, very uh, ribbon cuttings, shaking hands with the mayor on the reg, like, you know, coordinating board meetings, uh, you know, doing all of that stuff. Um, and I got invited by a new friend to my first ever psychic fair. I had never been to a psychic fair before. I'm from California originally, but here in Georgia, where we both live, I was really surprised. Like, oh, they have those kinds of things here. Like, I've always been interested into astro in astrology, and I, I identify as an empath. So why not? I'll try it out. Um, so I went to the Roswell Psychic Fair in 2015, and I sat down across from this woman um, who is an aura reader. She had like a whole apparatus set up like with her computer you put your hand on a thing and it shows you your aura and she gives you this whole printout and she's giving you like a reading while she's doing this and she started asking me questions like have you you know have you ever like you know had these gut feelings have you ever had any paranormal experiences and I was like actually <laughs> yes um and so a couple of them came to mind one being when I was 13 years old I was at a friend's birthday party I was like new girl just moved here from California and um she we're like getting ready to go to bed we're like snuggling in our sleeping bags and I won't I don't know if it was my idea but I'll say maybe it was my idea to do a seance I'd seen it in movies I was like oh this is just gonna be fun stupid you know we're 13 whatever we're joining hands we're lighting candles we're closing our eyes. I'm saying, oh, if there's any, you know, good spirits, like, you know, you're welcome to come and, you know, whatever, whatever they say in the movies. And so I was really like surprised when a lot of images started popping into my head. And I just sort of started saying whatever I was seeing in my head. And I honestly thought that I was just making it up because I was just saying whatever was popping into my head. So I started describing this person and saying what he was wearing and saying, oh, he has a toothbrush a mustache and he's sort of bent a little bit and he's using a cane, but he loves to play pool. And he says he's a pool shark. And I, as I keep going and after I said pool shark, the birthday girl gasped and she's like, She's like, I wasn't sure where you're going with this. Like, I, I felt like maybe you were describing, but when you said that he called himself a pool shark, I knew like that is my grandfather. He passed away a couple of years ago. She immediately starts crying oh on her my birthday. Gosh, on her birthday, <laughs> I made the birthday girl cry on her birthday. Um, and I was never invited back to that house again. No, but I was like, oh my gosh that was real. Like I was really doing that. Like I was really channeling and, and connecting with her grandfather and doing like mediumship. Yeah. Right. So I was 13 and I just sort of like tucked that memory away in my psyche for all those years. But then when I was sitting there across from the aura reader at the psychic fair, I remembered and I told her about it and she was like, Oh yeah. Like you can do what I do. Like you're psychic, like you're here. You're going to be a spiritual teacher. You're going to be a leader. You're going to be doing this like far and wide. And I was like, you are crazy. Like that sounds nuts. Um, I I'm checking the boxes. Like I have a great job. I just married a really nice guy. My parents approve of like, no, <laughs> but she was like, you know, you need to get some angel tarot cards. And I was like, maybe. I don't know. There was like some, that deep gut feeling of like, yeah, that's, that sounds exciting. Right. And so I, it was a voice I really hardly ever listened to, to be honest. 
Um, but I, I did, and I got that first set of angel tarot cards and I, I mean, it just absolutely exploded from there. My husband and I still laugh about this because when I came home and told him all of this, um, he's like, Oh, that's so cool, babe. Like he went out and bought me like psychic development for dummies, you know, and like wrote in this, in the book, like, this is so great. Like you have a new hobby jokes on him because it has become my entire mission and my entire, uh, you know, it's sort of taken my personality in a way, right? At my core, I'm still the same person. But, um, you know, it wasn't, it was when I realized that it wasn't just me that has those gifts. It wasn't just me that is intuitive and psychic and all of these things. When I realized that everybody has the ability to cultivate those senses and those abilities within themselves, I was like, shoot, I got to, I got to start a website. I got to start a business. Um, and so that's really how it all started. Wow. That is so crazy. I love how, uh, I just love how people are brought into our lives and those little soul yeses, you know, that you're like, yeah, I'll do that. And then it was like, oh, you know, just that confirmation from that from that woman that just had to be there. You had to say yes. I mean, it would have happened eventually, but it's like, oh, you just really needed that beautiful nudge. And it's like, after you do that and you have an experience like that and the wheels start to turn, that's when your whole world flips upside down. Like you said, because it did become your personality. It, uh, you know, you're the same person, but you're a totally different person. And I, I totally feel this same exact way. It's like, I'm the same person, but I'm completely, completely different, you know, and it does take, it is a, it is like a whole lifestyle of surrendering into you basically. Right. Definitely. It's, it was sort of like I had built up this person that I thought that I was, or that I thought that I was, should be right. In order to, I don't know, please, my parents, right. Just everybody that we've been conditioned to believe we had to make them happy other than ourselves. Right. Right. And I I've always been interested in leadership. Like I've been a girl scout since I was really young. And I, so I was attracted to the idea of this, you know, chamber of commerce and being in leadership and helping business leaders and stuff like that. Um, you know, but so when, when the whole spirituality piece came, it was sort of like at my core, I'm my, I'm the same person, but the lens through which I see the world and perceive myself and everyone around me is completely different, is completely different and so much better, right? It was like, as I was sort of transforming into who I am, who I really am, you know, my friends and my husband, my family, they were all sort of like, what's happening? Like, where are you going? Like, this is, we don't like this, you know, like, and I, I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of friends because they, it's not what they signed up for, right? You know, they didn't sign up for Sierra talking about chakras and, uh, you know, the yeah. opening your third eye and all of this woo woo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they signed up for the other version of me and that's not who I really am. So I, you know, it was painful, but I, I let them go with love, you know, and I, and I don't fault them for that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's the hardest thing to, to transition between old you and new you, you know, because you don't even know who you are, right? Like, it's not like you're like, you know, it's such a becoming journey of, of you're like, 
I don't, I don't even know who I'm becoming. I just know I'm becoming something different than I've ever been my entire life. And I'm excited about it. And it's beyond me, you know, like it's that full surrender. Like I'm doing something that I have no idea what the outcome is going to look like, but I'm going with it because that feels magical. And that's where that divine guidance and that divine light of God just really is that's really where faith, true, true, true faith comes into play is in, is in those moments of, of surrender and becoming something that you've never, that you have not been your entire life. So it's, 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 I just have so much respect for, for people when they're doing it, you know, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. I'm doing something. I'm doing the work. I'm showing up for myself. I'm making changes. I'm allowing myself to lose people. I'm, you know, I'm just allowing the change to happen. Well, and, and most, almost most of all, uh, allowing myself to really see myself in the fullness of both the light and the shadow. Yeah. You know, really, Mm -hmm. really choosing a life, a, a, a lifetime and, and a forever practice of being aware of my own shadow and being aware and, and uh, of my own thoughts and no longer identifying with those thoughts, but identifying with the soul that's having those thoughts and, and taking radical personal responsibility for co-creating my reality with spirit. Um, you know, that was a, a huge shift, you know, from a place of, of thinking that things happened to me. Um, to, to knowing that not only do things happen for me, I'm co-creating it. So I'm partially responsible for all of, all of these things. Um, so yeah, that was a huge shift. Yeah, that, that is, it's so, it's so incredible. The, the relationship and the journey. And I, I love that because I always say, I, you know, I am so faulted. I am so shadowy. I mean, there are so many dark pieces of myself, but I'm choosing to love that aspect of me as well. You know, like I know I am flawed and, and that's really why, you know, self-love, you know, I say that in air quotes because everybody's like self-love, but it's, it's true. Like you literally have to have and, and self-love isn't just self-love. It needs to be unconditional self-love because we put a lot of conditions on ourselves. So when we can truly, truly, truly love ourselves unconditionally, like even through the flaws, through the darkness, through the light, through it all, you know, that's really where it's like, it's, it's okay. Like everything's okay. No matter what you're going to be okay. Um, so tell me about your journey from you had the, the job, right? Like you were doing the whole suit job and then you're like, I need to teach people. Like what, what was that transition like? And and how long did it take and and what does that look like now yeah so i think i i was I, I hear a lot of other people's stories and 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 it was a little different for me than a lot of people like they take a long time or they take years of like study and then and, and then they, they like slowly inch their way out onto the internet Mine was sort of just like, we're diving in trial by fire. I accidentally came out of the spiritual closet on, accidentally came out of the spiritual closet on Facebook. Um, You know, so like, while I was still in the chamber job, I, um, I was in a certified angel card reader course. And I was supposed to be doing a post in the group of the course of like an Oracle card reading that I was doing in my interpretation of it. And I thought it was like, 
pri- would be private in the group. Right. So I like have my cards and the photo, my crystals and my candles. And I'm like po- typing my interpretation of how I'm supposed to follow my purpose and light worker and da da da. And I hit post. People mm. from the chamber started liking it. Mm. Started mm. liking the post. And I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, no. Um, and so that was like, well, I guess I'm just, you know, some people use the fake name when they first start, like first start out. I was just like, well, they already know. So screw it. This is me, Sierra Rubin. Um, so I started, I started a website really early on. So that, that psychic fair was in February of 2015. I started my first website in September of 2015. Wow. And I can only chalk it up to like, I had that business background, right? Yeah. And so I had that admin background. And so I was just like, once I realized everybody has these abilities, I need to tell everybody, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and make a website. It looked like crap, but I, I made it and I put it out there and I just started posting and sharing on social media almost, you know, immediately after my initial awakening um, and just started sharing my journey with whatever, whether it was developing a yoga habit, a meditation habit, um, you know, starting to develop my own intuition and sharing, just sharing the journey on, um, on Instagram and on social media. And, um, just, I started offering free readings at first for people and then it was too much. So then I'm like, okay, I got to start charging for this. Um, and so initially I was just doing tarot readings, uh, for people and, uh, sometimes mediumship would come up and it was just very often that whole thing of people saying like, how did you know that? Like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying, whatever, bottom in my head. Um, so having that validation early on was really, really important for me. Having that like proof, that external validation from other people saying like, yeah. how do you know that about me? I've never met you. How do you know the name of my dead grandmother's dog? Like, I, I don't know, you yeah. know? So um, having that validation was really, really big for my confidence um, and for me knowing that my intuition and my psychic abilities were real. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so what, talk to me about your like describe to me your definition of intuition like what does that mean to you how do you describe intuition I describe it as a conversation with your higher self or a conversation that your higher self is trying to have with you at all times whether or not you listen or are trusting what you're hearing or or feeling or seeing right depending on what Claire uh you are talking about. Um, so that's, that's really how I would describe it. And then, you know, higher self, right? So let's say, let's define that would basically be your soul. So if you think of, you could think of an onion, right? So you can think of an onion, like all of its different layers, the, the skin, and then all the different layers of the onion, you could think of each one of those layers of the onion as one of your incarnations. So it could be you Vaughn in this life is, is one layer of, of an onion. Right. And then think of like a skewers, big skewers stabbing all the way through that onion and moving all the way through all of those layers. That skewer would be your higher self, your soul, that part of you that is existing in the non-physical, that is out of time, out of time, space, reality, out of fear, in unconditional love. Um, that is your soul, is your higher self. And that is the um, consciousness that is endeavoring to communicate with you at all times through your intuition. 
Mm, that was beautiful. I love the that description of the onion and skewer. That is really, really beautiful. Um, so what does your, like when you are leaning into your t- intuition, do you, um, do you wait on intuition to guide you and you just really tuned into what it feels like in your body? Like what, what are the ways that you receive intuition? I always love to find this out about people, you know, like how, how do, how do you feel it in your body and receive these messages? Yeah. So at, at this point, after spending, you know, several years developing each one of my clairs, or for those of you listening who um, are curious or don't know what that is, but I think most of you probably do, um, the clairs are the intuitive senses. So there are different ways that your intuition will communicate with you. Um, and how it communicates with you the loudest is really just dependent on a few factors of your your natural state of being, who you are, your astrology, who you came into this world as, also your nurture, how you were raised, the environment in which you were raised. So you might be primarily clairsentient, which is clear feeling. That would be synonymous with the word empath. So somebody who has really deep feelings, somebody who is a really good BS detector, somebody who uh, can sense the energy of other people, no matter what story they're speaking out of their mouths, the empath can really sense beyond and read between the lines of somebody's energy. That's clairsentience, right? That is the, in, it's located in the solar plexus and in the heart chakra. So it's deep within the body and also by extension, the hands, right? The, the hands are an extension of the heart chakra. Um, and so that is clairsentience. So that's one way. And that is the first main way that my intuition speaks to me usually, or it used to before I started developing it. There's also clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, which is centered in your third eye. So that's seeing those images in your head. That is dream, all of your dreams, your lucid dreams. That is your imagination, right? And typically with clairvoyance, you really have to use discernment because a lot of times your clairvoyance will be metaphorical, not necessarily literal. So you have to um, really be using discernment with, okay, is, is this literal? Is this metaphorical? Um, most likely, most of the time it is a metaphor. It is symbolic, not literal, what you're experiencing in your clairvoyance. I'm very clairvoyant, highly clairvoyant. I dream, I had a crazy dream, crazy dream last night. Um, I dream crazy every night and I see things in my head and I'll, in my mind's eye all the time. Claire audience is another one. So that's clear hearing that's centered in the throat chakra as well as the ear chakras. That one also is has developed quite a bit for me as well because I am, um, you know, musically inclined. You don't have to be a musician to be clairaudient, but just somebody who is, you know, perhaps an auditory learner naturally. Um, somebody who uh, might be a sort of natural communicator or like a teacher type or counselor type of person. Um, and so I do also experience clear audience where I will hear things in my mind's ear, um, hear voices. I always tell my clients, my students, hearing voices is okay as long as they're not telling you to do bad things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one way. And then there's clear cognizance which is sometimes a little bit more elusive um, because the claircognizant information or clear knowing comes right in through the crown chakra. And so it usually comes in lightning fast. It's usually like you ask yourself a question or you ask somebody else a question and you immediately get a download. This is the answer. Um, And 
you don't trust it most of the time because it comes in so quickly and easily because we need to make everything harder than it has to be, right? Right, of course. Um, and so, <laughs> so claircognizance um, is one that I am continuing to develop. Though when I do my um, like tarot readings, usually there'll be like an initial, before I even turn the cards over, there'll be like a claircognizant download that I'll just boop, spew out. Um, and then the cards typically validate whatever I said at that, at that point. So that's the, I think that's the A to your Q. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it's, it's so fascinating to me how all of this information is received through our body. You know, like, I feel like our body just does not get enough credit and, and, and we create the separation. And so when we can really just tune into our bodies more and, and tune in and listen to each thing that we're feeling, each sensation, each, whether it's a a pain point or a a joyful point, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's all bringing us some sort of information for us, you know, like, so it's just so fascinating to me and, and hearing you describe all the clears again, is just like, wow. I mean, it's really like, that is the only, I say this all the time, like our body is the only way our soul has to communicate to us and through us, you know? And, and every time I say that somebody is always like, wow, I never really thought about it like that, but it's, it's true. Like, even if it is a spiritual download, you know, it's downloading into your body. Um, so I just, we, we, we have to pay more attention to our bodies and, and how these, the messaging is moving through us and learn to trust ourselves a lot more. And that really is, I talk about cultivating self-trust that has been the number one thing that has supported me along my journey, you know, is like, I actually kind of trust myself now. I trust myself. I actually kind of trust myself. That's so right. backwards. But, um, <laughs> but I trust spiritually, you know, and I trust, I trust me, my, my human self um, for the most part. I mean, of course, you know, I'm, I, and, I, and that's the other thing though. I trust that I'm still learning and that I give myself permission to make mistakes. Boom. See, that's, that's huge. I'm not saying that I get it right every time, but I trust myself to learn a lesson from each thing that I do trust myself through. So it's, it's all connected and it's so beautiful. It is. beautiful. Yeah. So I know I really would love to talk about, you know, speaking of the body and the, the messaging and the frequencies that our body holds and how, you know, cause energetically, I know that, you know, where I was, heck, even where I was six months ago, like energetically, my body on a cellular level, on an energetic level has shifted so much in my capacity to what I can hold and what I can, you know, it's like the more I let go, the more I can actually hold. So it's just so fascinating. And I know working with my own voice has been a huge part. Little did I know what a impact vocal toning was going to be for my, for my actual healing body frequency, you know, like the vibrational frequency of what my body could hold energetically. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I always loved working with my sound bowls. And it's interesting because I don't work with my sound bowls 
as much now, you know, like my, I had a huge, a beautiful heart chakra bowl and I have my root chakra bowls. And those were like my, my main two bowls that I really worked with the most. And in the very beginning of working with energy, I would just play them all the time. I played them in every single session and every single class. And then I noticed there was like a switch where I would start humming to the frequency of the vibration that the bowl was putting out. And I've always been told that I have a horrible singing voice. And I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be like, and I do, but I don't sound lovely. I mean, I, I don't sing beautifully, but I, when I, but I still sing anyway, like I was telling you the other day, I like seeing, I'm going to the grocery store. Like I yeah. sing absolutely everything. My family, especially when I was little, would always make fun of me because I would sing anything I would pass on the billboard. I'd seen the, every, everything I saw, I would, or I could read, I would sing it. Yeah. And, and so, but whenever I started working with the sound bowls and, and allowing my voice to match the, the sound bowl frequency, that's really when I began to notice a shift in my energetic body. I was like, Whoa, like what is happening? Like I've, I could hear my voice getting louder and my, I don't know. It's like, it was associating with my confidence and like, I was definitely toning my body and and then it's like, I would do that. And now I sing all the time in my classes and I'm, I'm, you know, channeling in light language or I'll sing in light language and I'll just, and I don't even care. Right. Because I know how healing it is not only for myself or, but for whoever is receiving it. And I just think it's so interesting that now I very rarely work with my ensembles. Now I love when other people give me a sound bath, but I don't feel that desire to like work with them anymore. And it's, it's like that medicine, the seasons and, and how it's like my frequency frequency shifted. And so it's like, okay, you're done now. <laughs> yes. You no longer need the tool because you realize that you are the tool. Yes. Boom. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the same. And you know, I, I, there's a lot there that I want to dig into. It's the same thing with any spiritual tool, including tarot cards, right? You don't need the cards. You are the psychic one, right? right. The cards are just sort of validating what you already know, you know, but, but yeah, it, it's so true. And I love what you're saying about the body and it, makes me think of atoms, right? Because we see, we think that we're these like solid human beings. But when you look down at the cellular level and then at the atomic level, we're not solid at all. We're mm -hmm. always moving, right? There's protons and neutrons and electrons and we're in constant vibration, right? And so it's like, what are we tuning ourselves to? What are we allowing to tune us? right? From the outside world, other people's voices, how kind are those voices, right? Those voices that are coming from their own pain, right? And so when you start to use your own voice and you're doing that energetic work, that's just like what you said, when you start to see those shifts, right? And it also brings up for me the connection between the throat chakra and the sacral chakra, right? Because when you look at the anatomy of it, even, right, not just the, the spiritual etherical, yes. when you look at the anatomy of the vocal cords and the yoni, it's yes. very, they look very, very similar. Yes. 
And that so there's is a, so true. Yeah. And so there's a big connection there. So when you are using your voice, you are expressing your creativity, you're expressing your, your primal life force energy. You are expressing that ancient intelligence that you were divinely designed with right? When your body was created in your mother's womb, right? Seemingly from nothing, right? And so when you're using your voice, it's really the most powerful, one of the most powerful healing tools that you have within you, right? Because you are atomic, you are made, you are vibrating at any given moment. And so when you're using your tool of intentional vibration in an intentional way, the it's sky's the limit. It's extremely powerful. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I love the way you described all of that. Um, it is so powerful. It's, it's such a frequency shift. And, you know, when I'm facilitating classes and I will encourage people to let out a verbal sigh, like just a, ah, like, yeah. ah, you know, like, like just to start tiptoeing into, you know, probably three minutes later, what will be full-fledged screams and <laughs> whatever yes. release needs to happen. But, you know, out. we have to tiptoe into it, but it's amazing to me how many women will not even allow that verbal sigh out loud yeah. because, you know, they're in a group of other women, like, I, you know, like whatever, who knows whatever is going on. And I can understand because I, I would have been the same way if I showed up to a class and I'd be like, ah, like it would, you know, it would feel weird for me. And so I, I probably wouldn't have done it, you know, but, but that's just the, so much proof of how this conditioned belief is just poured upon us to not make noise, to be quiet, to mind your business, to not take up space, to just literally not take up space, whether it's physically or with your voice, like just be quiet, you know? I know it's terrible. And, and, and it goes back to, to the, the, that throat, uh, Yoni connection that because your sexual energy, your creative energy, that's your power. Mm -hmm. And so when you're holding back from sighing or speaking, or you're actually, you're stifling your power, you're stifling your life force energy. Um, and you know, there's some really powerful sessions that I've done with clients and students where we just sort of try to see what sounds are in there because part of the reason why I find people are afraid to let those sounds out is partially conditioning, but also that conditioning has made them actually afraid of their own voice, afraid oh, of their absolutely. own expression, which by extension means they are actually afraid of their own power. And so something that, so I don't remember who, one of my spiritual teachers said to me a long time ago that really, really hit was it is safe. It is safe for you to be powerful, mm -hmm. that it is, it is time now that, wow. you know, in the past, maybe you have remembrances of in your childhood of, you know, it wasn't safe for you to be powerful. It wasn't safe for you to express your voice. It wasn't safe for you to shine as brightly as you could, or, mm -hmm. you know, in this even resonates for me and some other people in your past lives, mm -hmm. right? your voice may have been stifled or your life may have been stifled for using your voice and for uh, expressing the full extent of your power. Yeah. But we're in a different time now. And all of the work that we did in those lifetimes is culminating in this mass awakening. And so now it is finally safe. It is safe for you to be powerful and be loved. Mm. 
so beautiful, so beautiful. Um, it's interesting, like with the with the safety, because that that you have to believe that that is it's true. You know, like it's one thing, and this is where the embodiment piece comes into play. So it's one thing to tell yourself it is safe for me to use my voice. It is safe for me to be free. It is safe for me to use my, my sexual expression through my voice and however I desire to. So it's one thing to like know it up here in your head. And that's why the healing work is so important that you literally create the space in your body so that that knowing that knowledge, that truth can seep down and you can be an embodied version of that truth because it is safe. And, and even by chance, when it's not safe, you still know that it's safe. And you get to use your voice as that because dear God, like right now in the cancel culture with everything, like it technically is not safe to use your voice. Right. 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 But it is safe. It is necessary for you to use your voice. So it's like, which, which safe are you choosing? Right. Well, and the micro, the macrocosm all in the microcosm always reflect each other. And so this cancel culture is simply a manifestation of our collective fear of our own power and our collective fear of the truth and our own voice, because sometimes the truth is scarier than fiction. Right. And so it's, it's really interesting because I find that the more embodied I become, in sharing my voice and in connecting with my sexual energy, uh, the less I fear those things. And yeah. truly those things can only affect you if you fear them, exactly. right? If you yeah. give them that power over you. Yes. And, you know, so on that note of how do you embody it? How do you become that? How do you become the embodied version of what of safety? you are a perfect example of that because girlfriend, you are out there every single day, putting out reels, showing yourself, sharing your voice, letting other people, letting yourself, like you are creating safety for yourself to express yourself through your voice, you know? So you've created the safety, even though, you know, it may not be you've created the safety for yourself. And so that's how you do it. That's how we become embodied versions of expression of safe expression is through those little steps. And and I know like, it's not easy what you're doing, but you show up every damn day and you put yourself out there. And that is just, that's how you do it. You know, you just you keep doing things, even though they're scary. And that creates the safety, like, okay, look, well, I'm still alive. So I I am safe. Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it, I still definitely have cringe moments where I'm like, Oh, my God, I just posted that. Oh, God, like, you know, Um, and I still have, you know, especially because I have a book coming out in January. And so there's a lot of you know, yes, the beautiful teachings and the spiritual truths and all that stuff. But there's a lot of personal stories in that book. And, um, you know, so it's it's almost like a bigger culmination version of me really trusting myself and my voice, because, you know, I have those moments when I second guess and I have those moments when I'm like, afraid of the feedback, because as you start to use your voice more, as you start to shine your light brighter, you're going to receive feedback that is both good and bad, you are going to be 
the hero of some people's story. You're going to be the villain of some people's story and everything in between and nothing, uh, none of it actually has anything to do with you. You know, it has everything to do with them being triggered by you, their perception of you, perhaps uh, unconscious fears that you're having within yourself. Right. And so you just, you just keep going. And if another thing that I heard uh, once a long time, years ago was uh, if you get nervous, focus on service because mm. it's not about me. It's not about me sharing videos of myself talking about things that I think are really freaking cool. Um, it's about the people that I'm here to serve. It's about the people, the one person that might see that video that day and it provides a shift in their perspective or it inspires them or it makes them feel a little bit better or less alone or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I would love to know, like, what are some of your favorite tips and tricks for tuning into your intuition? Like as we wrap up here, I just, I would love like, because that is your jam and you were so good at teaching and explaining and working with your intuition. Like what are some of your favorite little tricks and tips for people that are really trying to connect deeper to their intuition and, and learn how to trust it a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, I want to give two really quick exercises or practices that you can try that uh, would work if you are uh, primarily clairsentient, which most people who are at the beginning of their intuition development journey are primarily clairsentient. And also if you're primarily clairvoyant or if you do have some clairvoyant function um, uh, that is alive with and well within you. Um, so that first practice would be for all my empaths out there. And that is checking in with your yes and no. So the, like I said, the uh, clairsentience is centered in your solar plexus and in your heart chakra. So for this checking in with your yes and no, what you're basically going to do is you're going to ask yourself some first very simple yes or no questions um, to see what the response is in your body. So you can start by just asking yourself very simply like uh, what, what your name is. So starting out by asking yourself an intentional uh, no question. So you know, for example, I could say, um, is my name Vaughn? And you just take a moment breathing and you just sort of notice as you ask yourself, the wrong, is, is my name the incorrect name? What happens? And I don't want to say what would happen for you or for, or, or for me to lead you in any kind of direction, but there's a certain thing that happens in my body when I know it's a no. And you just start to notice. You just start to notice what that is. If you don't feel like you get anything, try it a few more times or flip over to the yes and see what the difference is. Because then the next thing you do is you say your correct name. You take a breath and say, is my name Sierra? And you notice what happens. What happens in your chest? What happens in your gut? And it will be different. It will be a different sensation. And it will be subtle, especially at first. You know, so don't judge it. And just notice. And so once you know what is your no and what is your yes, you can move on to other questions. You can move on to other questions that are simple, move on to complex questions, move on to making decisions from that place. And if you really, really, really need extra, extra proof, you can do the clairvoyant exercise, which is asking for a sign. You can ask for a sign in the physical world. And I want you to get really, really specific. 
about what that sign is and the time frame in which that sign is to come to you. Because you can get that specific with spirit. You can say, spirit, if I am meant to do this, show me a yellow butterfly within 24 hours. I would say anything between 12 and 24 hours is sort of the sweet spot there because you'd need to allow yourself some time to let go of the sign. Don't be looking for it everywhere. Yeah. So you need to give yourself some time to let go of that sign. And you could say, you know, show me a yellow butterfly within 12 to 24 hours uh, if, if I'm supposed to go and do this. And if you see the yellow butterfly, right, if it'll, it'll just pop up on a billboard, you'll see an actual yellow butterfly. You'll hear maybe even that usually this is a visual sign, but you might hear somebody on the, on uh, Spotify or on YouTube or whatever, referencing a yellow butterfly, right? There's your sign. And if you don't see a yellow butterfly within 12 to 24 hours, that is also a sign. That means that it's a no. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. It is so simple. Right. And I love that you said that about ask, be specific, you know, because we're, you know, if you're asking for a sign and then part of you actually, you don't want the ant, like, what if it is a no yeah. and you don't see the sign, then you're like scared to ask for the sign. Cause you're like scared. It's going to be a no, <laughs> so right. like, oh, but I really want it to be a yes. And so you are getting specific, you know, like you avoid that specificity because of you you don't really want to know the answer that is right you already know is true right um, you know right. what I <laughs> I've definitely been guilty of that like I can think of a time where I was like give me a sign and then I was like that definitely was no nope, that was not a sign no no, yes. no I need a signier sign give me a signier yeah. sign <laughs> um so that it is so true because um you know, our spirit guides, they love to work with us. You know, I mean, it, we are so guided and supported and held and, and like, they really, really, I just remember in the very beginning of my spiritual awakening, I was waking up every single morning at 444 for, and I was pissed. I was not happy about it at all because I didn't know it was like a divine sign. I was like, I was so mad because <laughs> once I wake up, I can't go back to sleep. So I was mad. And then that went on for quite a while. And then of course, somebody I've heard someone that if you wake up in the middle of the night with the same numbers repeating that that's literally the only time your angels can communicate with you because you're so busy throughout the day. You're not paying attention to the signs and messaging throughout the day. So they could only reach you in your sleep, you know, like with, with that time, with that wake up, start start with a whisper, go to a tap and they'll they'll slap you eventually. Yeah. If you're not listening. Yep. So I just, I, and so now anytime I see, it, I'm like, Oh, what is it? My kids make fun. I'm sure everybody listening and you yourself included, you can, your kids make fun of you. Cause I'm always like, what's the spiritual meaning of, and they'll be like, you know, anything I break a glass. What's the spiritual meaning of breaking a glass mom? <laughs> well, my husband makes fun of me, but my kids are still really little. So they love it. They're like, Oh, mommy, I found a feather. Look, it's a message from spirit. I'm like, yes, oh, it is. So lovely. Yeah, that's nice. My kids are 15 and 17 and they're teenage girls and they, they're very patient and compassionate with me and for me. But at the same time, they have to make fun of me to a certain degree. You know, and it's good to have a sense of humor about it all. It is. It is. 
Oh, well, what is the best way for people to work with you? Or I know you've got the book coming out in January, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. So the best way to connect with me right now is either on my Instagram at Sierra.Rubin, C-I-A-R-A dot R-U-B-I-N. So that's where I'm super active. I'm also on TikTok under the same name. Um, That's where I post my like daily or every other daily videos. And I do have my very first book coming out in January on January 11th, of course, 111, um, 2024. And the title is You Always Know. That's what we've been talking about here today, that you actually always know. Um, It's a four-step guide for empaths to stop second guessing and trust your intuition. So I am so, so excited for that. Um, And if you want more details on that, you can just go to my website, sierrarubin.com forward slash Y-A-K or Yak book resources. It's just an easy way to remember it um, to get on the wait list for that. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for you and proud for you. I know that this is no easy task to write a book and put it out there and then promote it and market it and share it. And just because you've got so much wisdom to share, you're like, I just want other people to know that it's there and that it exists so that it can help. Because that's really the whole point here is to help more people understand their own power. So that's, that's beautiful. Well, I am so grateful to you and for this conversation today. And thank you everyone to listen. And please let us know over in the comments, you know, on our Instagram, come over and let us know what you think about this conversation. All right. Bye. I am so grateful you played in the cosmos with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a review so other open-minded souls can come along this quantum healing journey too. I am most active over on Instagram. So come find me at Vampiro and say hello. Talk to you soon.